Welcome back, everyone. Just when you thought that Titans coverage couldn't get any better, two-tone tickets here with another glorious episode. You're welcome in advance. I do appreciate you listening. This is Bradley, your MC and fearless football leader. We got a lot to talk about. I don't know if you can hear just how much, but we've got a lot to talk about. It's week one. Versus the Giants, it's recap time, and you know I'll be honest, I'm not sober going into this uh, recording here because I just think that would be foolish. Um, but look, we got to talk about the overall, and then I want to dive into what went well for this season opener, and then of course where we struggled and where it leaves us. Um, Here's to you, week one. It, you know, the NFL season, it's like you wait so long for it. And then the next thing you know, it's just flying by one crazy competitive week at a time. Here's the overall, okay? And if you're listening and you're feeling a little bit bitter, maybe you've got Jagged Little Pill acoustic playing. I don't blame you, all right? The overall, the Giants won, the G-Men from New York City, 21-20. The Titans were ahead 13 to nothing in this game and outscored by the Giants 21-7 in the second half. Perhaps most bitter, uh, Bullock, Big Randy, bless his heart, he missed a 47-yard field goal. No chip shot, but a very makeable kick was missed as time expired. And just for the sake of tossing out, you know, divisional news, the Titans join the rest of the AFC South by not getting a win in the opening week of the 2022 season. So that's the overall. And, you know, losing always sucks. I think you heard that from Coach Frabes and from the other players, and it just does. It, I don't really think it matters your age or even what the sport is. Losing sucks. Um, but the reality is that there are some things that went well. And there are certainly some things that we struggled with, and that is what I want to dive more into here. So let's get right into it, starting with what went well. And of course, this was coming coming off of a preseason where we really didn't see many of the Titans' starters. Like a lot of teams, it's, it's become, you know, I think the most common you know theme that you just don't really see teams' primary starters very much during preseason. And, you know... You could argue that's the right thing to do because if you do play him, you certainly run the risk of injury. But starting with the offense, I honestly was was overall impressed. Um, before the game, I tweeted that what I was looking for, you know, from the offense, especially where Taney was concerned, was some, you know, sharpness, decisiveness. And we heard all throughout training camp, you know, and preseason from Braves that, you know, he had seen that from Taney. And, Honestly, he was. So 20 of 33, 61% completion rate, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I thought that that was crucial coming off that divisional loss against Cincy throwing the three picks in that game. Uh, Tanny ended up with a 106.4 rating. Maybe a little bit of a, of a sore spot, but you know Henry had a solid day for the most part. 21 carries, 82 yards. He averaged almost four yards a carry. And his longest run was 18 yards, but no touchdowns. That part, um, I certainly thought he would get into the end zone. Honestly, I thought he was going to get there twice, but he didn't get any touchdowns. Uh, Man, Hilliard had himself a day. Three receptions for 61 yards, two touchdowns. 
and to be more uh, more specific or accurate, he had the only Titans touchdowns of the day, uh, Hilliard. So somewhere out there, somebody had put money on Hilliard to score two TDs and probably came away with a decent winning because I don't know that anyone saw that coming. Kyle Phillips, we knew we were going to see great things from this kid. Six receptions for 66 yards. He averaged 11 yards uh, per catch, basically a first down every time you throw to this kid. Nine targets, and that was actually a team high. So I think that's something that probably did surprise some people. Um, obviously, coming into this season, Robert Woods was brought on. You know, we picked up Traylon Burks in the draft. Um, but Kyle Phillips, you know, really took training camp and preseason by storm, and I think he earned getting those targets on that particular day. We did have four wide receivers um, that all had at least three catches, so there is that much. Um, maybe one of the more crazier stats of week one, and granted, stats don't tell you everything, but Titans actually had seven pass, seven pass plays rather of at least 20 yards, if not more, and that led the NFL. I don't know if we've ever led the NFL in plays like that, so that was actually quite impressive. And we also averaged 7.8 yards per pass play. So that's nearly a first down every time Tannehill was throwing the ball, and that was a league fifth best for week one. That was what stood out to me on the offensive side of the ball. Now we look at how the boys did on defense, and one of the things I talked about, you know, during training camp and preseason was that we really wanted to see that this defense be as hungry as they were last season. Last season was, I think, the best season we saw defensively under Raves. We really needed to see more of that coming into this particular season for 2022. And certainly, you know, the heartache, uh, Harold Landry going down uh, out for the season during practice of all things before we even have a game. So there was a lot at question, I think going into this game, even though we were playing the Giants, in terms of what could our defense do. So what I was looking for especially was turnovers. Could we force some turnovers? Uh, now defensively, look, it's names you you would expect to do their part. Bayard had eight solo tackles. That led the team. Jeffrey Simmons and Rashad Weaver both had two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two QB hits. So speaking to that void and not having Harold Landry the third. In on defense, Weaver certainly stepped up. But overall, the defense played super well. We had five sacks on the day between Simmons, Weaver, and Bud Dupree. There were six tackles for loss. You had four Titans players on defense contributing to that. Eight QB hits. I talked about this at some point in past episodes where, you know, there was certainly an emphasis. There has been this emphasis throughout training camp on we have to get more pressure. You've heard Rabe say it quite a bit. We had a good year defensively last year, but we didn't really get as much pressure as we wanted to consistently. So I thought it was great to see that. And about those turnovers, the boys forced two. Simmons had a strip sack and then, oh, Amani Hooker. You know, it's, it's amazing to see a guy coming, coming off of, you know, a week where he gets an extension. And, and it seemed like that was received well, but I can understand some Titans fans being like, is it too soon? To be doing that with Imani? No. And he proved why in that game, huge interception at one point. And and look, they gave up no points in that first half, right? Um, so overall for the defense, you look at those points, that was strong. Special teams, they showed up. And I'm looking at Big Randy Bullock and Ryan Stonehouse, the new punt goat 
for your Tennessee Titans. Bullock was two of three on field goals. Of course, I alluded to the uh, missed game-winning kick. We'll get more into that here in a bit. Stonehouse punted six times, um, a 57-yard average on those punts, and he had a long of 66 yards. So, you know, on the surface, these are certainly some things to celebrate, certainly some things that arguably went well for the Titans. And I would love to just say that's a wrap and in this episode and right off into the podcasting sunset. But the reality is that there's another side to things. And we got to talk about where we struggled. So we're going to take a quick breather. And when we come back, we're going to look at all sides of the ball between the offense and defense and special teams. Talk about where the Titans struggled and where that left us in the week one loss against the Giants. Two-tone take will be right back. Welcome back to Two-Tone Take. We are halfway through the Titans' week one loss at home to the Giants. Really sucks to say that, but it's the truth. And we just went over what went well on offense, defense, and special teams. But want to be completely honest. So let's look into where we struggled in those areas of football. Offensively for the Titans, it was not a good day for third downs. Um, three of 11, so just 27% on third downs. And also, as an offense, and this is hard to believe, maybe more than anything, out of what happened in week one, we had 93 yards rushing and no touchdowns. It's, it's, it's truly remarkable. I mean, we are a, a team and, and franchise known for running the ball, and we just didn't really run it very effectively or efficiently um, there in week one. We were forced to punt six times, and four of those drives were we punted, right? So four out of the six punts were on drives that only had eight plays or less. Uh, now, Titans did win the time of possession by a few minutes, um, you know, but stats like that, again, on the surface can be deceiving. So I thought it was important to note that, you know, several of those drives just really didn't put too many plays together, didn't go very far. Now, I think one of the things that got a ton of scrutiny, to say the least, that's a huge understatement, um, are those third downs. Um, and, and what's really frustrating and kind of hard to believe looking at it is listen to these third downs, okay? Third and five, third and four, third and one, third and two, third and three, third and one. Those are all... I mean, if you told the team, hey, here are your third downs for the game, like if they were assigned before a game and you're like, oh, I mean, those are winnable third downs. And yet those were all third downs that the Titans failed to convert. Um, You know, and and I'm not going to go too far into the weeds on this. Um, The majority of criticism after this loss fell on Todd Downing. So I saw a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit just absolutely crucifying Todd Downing, calling for him to be fired. I don't really agree with that. There's there's two there's two aspects here. Certainly play calling matters. And yes, play calling you could say falls on Todd Downing. Um but there's also the other element of the execution of the play itself. And so the reality is 
Yes, Todd Downing is to blame to an extent, but these were plays the team didn't execute themselves very well. Um, so like the third and five, third and four, third and two, and third and three, those plays were all actually passing plays, which I didn't mind. Remember, part of going into this season, one of the things we were looking at is the passing game, given that we now have you know Tim Kelly's influence. And again, we led the league in those long yardage pass plays, and we averaged almost eight yards. But when it came to those short yardage pass plays, it just it just was off. Um, so wasn't really very crisp or clean. Now the two third and ones uh, that we actually ran the ball, one was a wildcat, and typically when Derrick Henry's in wildcat formation, it's basically lookout world because he's either going to run for like however many yards he wants, or he's going to throw the ball and someone's going to score. But it, you know, it wasn't wasn't a great snap. It was a bit low. Henry kind of jumped the snap, so kind of fumbled it, and then like just really couldn't get up to the line. And then the third and one play was actually a tight end sweep that I really thought the entire world was going to end over. Uh, ended up going to our new tight end Chig, and again the execution just wasn't there. Lawan missed a block. It just it just wasn't great. So we didn't get that. So for the offense, really it really came down to those third downs because those were third downs that were more than achievable and really would have kept drives going, and we just couldn't get it done. <clears throat> now as far as the defense is concerned. We've talked about what they did well, but let's look at where they struggled. They allowed 238 rushing yards. I'm going to say that again, 238 rushing yards. That's almost unheard of for a Titans defense to give that up. Barkley himself had 164 yards. That is the most rushing yards we've given up since 2018. Last year, in 2021, no team did that. No team did that. And only one player from last season uh, was allowed to run for that much. So that was brutal. Um, and, and a real key element here is that the, the Giants actually ended up with 11 rushing first downs. So they had their way on the ground with the ball running against our defense. And, you know, we'll see how things go. Like football is all about adjustments. Um, you know, and so I don't know if this is where we say, okay, we're, we're missing – you know, pressure because of Landry or, or where this really falls. Um, you know, they, they activated and put Joe Jones in, but he didn't really have much of a game. Like, so it's hard to kind of say where this falls. It's, it's a lot of guys that have to be in the right spots to make the right plays. And we just didn't do it. The defense also mentioned before, they, they didn't give up any points in the first half at all. Shut out. It's fantastic. But they allowed 21 second half points. That's the most they've given up in a half since we gave up 25 in week 18 against the Texans last year. It just wasn't great. So as well as the defense played to start the game out, they just didn't finish the game as well. And then when we look at special teams, there were a couple of things here. Uh, now, Kaya Phillips, he had himself a day. We mentioned it earlier. He had the most targets, plenty of receptions, um, just a fantastic day overall catching the ball. On offense, but for special teams, he did have a muffed punt, and it was in the fourth quarter when the Titans still had the lead. Those are just mistakes that cannot be made if you're expecting to win games in, in the National Football League. Um, there were about ten and a half minutes left, um, but it was it was tough. That was a tough mistake um, for the rookie. And then, of course, we mentioned it before: Bullock missing the game-winning field goal from 47. Now, a couple of thoughts here because it seemed like. As much as people were losing their minds over Downing, 
they were really losing their minds over the missed field goal. You know, and one of the one of the quickest sort of turnarounds or you know comebacks to that is you know if, if you're relying on a game winning field goal, there were probably some other things that didn't go right, and we know that to be true. So we you know up 13-0 at the half, you shouldn't be relying on a game winning kick to win the game. Um, Stonehouse, of course, is the new punter. He's also the new holder. So I think it's fair to look at that a little bit, and and there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for him to make sure that he's consistently receiving the snap and getting it in place exactly the way that Big Randy needs it. And let's be real. Let's be honest. This is not the first time that Randy Bullock has missed a kick of significance. Um, And, you know, I weirdly think there's a bit of a curse here for Vraves where, like, we just don't always have the best luck with kicking. Um, But it was certainly disappointing because – it could have been a very different narrative. Um, and I think that's part of why I have such a problem with, with, with some of the criticism that came down, you know, on Downing and on Bullock, uh, you know, after the game is that, you know, a lot of things have to go right and be executed damn near perfectly to win a football game. Any given Sunday, um, we still had a chance. So, you know, Tannehill, you know, got the boys downfield, beautiful pass to Phillips on the sideline to get us in position you know, so all all that to say, we still had a chance. Obviously, we just didn't execute. So, where does that leave us? What happens now? Uh, well, we're five years under the reign of Rabes. This is the third season um, in which we started out the year losing. One thing I want to highlight or point out, though, is this was a loss to an NFC opponent. Why does that matter? It matters potentially, especially further down the line into the season in terms of seeding, right? So this wasn't an AFC loss. Those will count against us more uh, technically when it comes to seeding for the playoffs. It was unexpected to see our passing game be greater than the running game. And you certainly want to see Tim Kelly's influence. I think we saw it. I think it was encouraging. And I think we build off of that. But we got to get more. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry can't go without a touchdown and not break 100 yards on a regular basis if we're hoping to have a good season. Uh, the defense certainly made plays and they had an impact. I mean, you know, arguably some of the guys you would expect to get it from, Bayard, Simmons, but Weaver had a great game. Um, Dupree had a solid game. So I think the defense was doing their part. And as I mentioned, Bottom line, more than anything, execution, execution, execution. We just have to execute better. So, tough start to the season. Not not the way you necessarily want it to go. Um, and, you know, it, it just keeps going, right? But this doesn't stop. So, on deck is a Monday night football game against the Buffalo Bills. Um, and that's going to be tough. We've played the Bills five straight years. Um, we've won the last two matchups. We've played them very well as of late. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting game because the Bills are coming off some extra rest. They had that season opener on Thursday night to kick off the entire season. So they've had about a week and a half almost off to practice, prepare, whatever. So that could be interesting. Titans, of course, are getting an extra day playing on Sunday and then the following week a Monday game. I think we'll take that extra day and hopefully it does us some good. I think it's going to be a, a, a just a fantastic, great football game. I mean, two defensive-minded head coaches, um, two teams that you know just play hard, play physical. The one thing I will say that I, I think could be 
the biggest challenge is just that Buffalo is fast. And, and that's not just an obvious thing to say about the game of football, but Buffalo plays incredibly fast. So it's going to be a huge test for the boys, um, but I'm excited for it. You should be too. And of course, you can tune in here on Two-Tone Take as we recap that next matchup. So for now, I'm going to say so long, farewell. Until next time, this is Bradley for Two-Tone Take.